This is Lead Stories. I'm Patrice Lead, back with you today. And we're easing ourselves into a new mode. I, I hope you, you got the hint. The new mode is we're really talking about what it is we're thinking. I mean, putting yourself on the line and sharing with us where you are in your thoughts as you contemplate the issues of the day. Where do you locate yourself? Where do you find yourself? What do you feel like in this moment? Do you feel like you're going somewhere? You feel like things are happening for the better or for the worse? But at the same time, do you think that you, you yourself, you personally, are getting better and better at deciphering for yourself? You don't have to pay attention to anybody just yet, but deciphering for yourself this world that we all are living in. Have you figured out or are you figuring out where it is the world is going, where it is it intends to take you and me and all of us? Are we ready or getting ready for what's ahead? Are we clearer about what it is we need to know and do? to put ourselves a bit forward, more so than we were, let's say, last year. So it is this exercise that we have begun to share with each other where we think we are. Nobody's going to make a judgment. It is just you telling us having had some time to think about where we are as a nation, but where we are in terms of what's ahead. Are we ready? Are we equipped? Are we brave enough to face the realities that we sometimes hide from? So that's the kind of talk we're talking as we get into the issues that comes very soon. But for now, we're talking about where we think we are individually and perhaps collectively too, if you have an idea. What should concern us now? What are the signals that we're getting? What is it what are they telling us to do? How do we get ready? Are we ready? And then we get deeper and deeper into the discussion and you're drawing at that time when it comes, which is soon, you'll be drawing on perhaps everything you know, everything you've been taught, up until now, to formulate for yourself and to share with us where you think we, what we ought to be ready for, and how best, <clears throat> excuse me, how best to get ready. You see, it's a little sneaky plan, I agree, <laughs> but sometimes we have to be sneaky. We're not asked, generally speaking, we're not asked to account for ourselves in terms of our individual development, let alone our collective development. We generally are not asked to account for that. We are asked to look outside of ourselves 
and of course get that finger, the pointy finger ready to point outward. But I'm saying we really should realize by now that the real work that we have to do is inside ourselves. Inside. In our homes, in our schools, in our communities, in our churches, in our connections with each other. We've got to, you know, spruce things up. We've got to pay attention to what we think we have lost or are still losing but what we are in a position to regain. And that kind of work rests heavily on the individual. We have to figure out just where we are. How do we locate ourselves? Where do we place ourselves on, in the scheme of things? Are we getting ready to be useful? Are we just wasting time? Are we posing? <laughs> Are we real? Are we frauds? Do we have a genuine desire to be of service to our communities? And, of course, those who are very close to us as well. Are we prepared to do that kind of work? So we have to become a little bit more scientific now, it seems to me, about how we go about this task. How do we propose for ourselves? How do we propose to use ourselves in service of progress of the whole. How do we do that? What do we have to work with? What are we good at? What do we need to be better at? What do we know? How much do we know? How do we apply what we know while we pursue answers to what we do not know? Yeah, it's getting a little heavy. And it's exciting. Because we are the ones who have to do the work. Nobody else. We are the ones. We are the ones who have to get ready. We are the ones who have to prepare ourselves to be useful. We have to prepare ourselves to help move people forward. And that includes ourselves as well. So what's ahead for us? And it's not too far ahead. It's practically in our faces already. What's ahead is preparation we prepare ourselves to do the work of lifting, lifting this burden that we have had for so long. Some of us never even tackled it. Some of us are overwhelmed by it. Some of us can't even think of where to start. But that's okay. Don't worry. Don't worry about the deficits. Push yourself more and more into a space where you are moving closer and closer to being relevant and more so necessary in the work that's ahead for everyone. You, you preparing yourself to lift your portion of the burden. 
That's exciting work. But it's also scary. I understand that. Because it's lonely work. It is stuff that you have to do by yourself for the most part. You have to face yourself. You have to have an accounting with yourself. How have you been performing? Or how have you not been performing? And why? Are you ready? Are you getting ready? Are you going to be part of the change that is coming? Whether we are prepared or not, it's coming. In some cases, it's already here. So that's the kind of discussion that we should be having now in this little pocket of time where we can still think out loud and not feel that we're risking ourselves. We're just thinking. We're asking each other. We're looking for good ideas. We're looking for direction. And in some cases, I'm very happy to say, we're looking for validation. Many of us have been very lonely doing the work, the kind of work we do, or have been doing, but we're lonely. We show up to do things, and turns out we're the only one. Or we're one of a sparse number. Validating for others that we really are not serious. These things that should bother us don't really bother us. We just say they do. And we are not committed fully. We're not committed. And we have to be really honest about this. Are we committed to doing something? Something meaningful? Something necessary? Or are we just, as they used to say, just jiving? So, a lot, a lot of what we need to know comes from talking with each other. A lot of validation comes from talking with each other and exchanging ideas and reinforcing each other. So we have to prepare ourselves, even if we're not necessarily built that way emotionally to partner with people and reach out to people, we have to prepare ourselves to add a new dimension to the way we work because it's going to be vital, it's going to be necessary for us to do the work we have to do. Does it make sense? Think about it. All right, we can start with what you're thinking. We continue, I should say. We should continue that discussion about what is it that we think we're doing. Is it making a difference? Do we have to retool? Do we have to tighten things up? Do we have to throw things out and start anew? Do we have to be brave enough to admit defeat and absolutely continue to persevere, to continue the work. Mistakes are going to be made. Nobody is expecting perfection. If they expect perfection, 
That's their problem. <laughs> uh, it's not going to happen. You're not going to get perfection. But we can make, even if it's just incremental, let's, let's commit ourselves to doing some things differently that would yield different results. I'm ready here to listen to what your ideas are, what you are thinking right now. At 888-874-4888-888-874-4888. Don't worry about what people are thinking about what you're saying. Don't worry about that. Contribute to the pool of ideas that we hope to form and to which all are welcome. Take take a, a look and see whether these ideas strike you as worth trying. All right. We'll start with Henry from Chicago, who's on the line. Hello, Henry. Hey, you trees. How you doing? Okay. How's by you? All right. Uh, I guess we're going into fall here. So uh, fall is uh, coming up on us this season. Um, so it's uh, good to hear you back on the air again. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I feel great. I'm, I'm absolutely energized. I can't tell you. I don't know what to do with this energy anymore. <laughs> I, just feel, yeah, no. I just feel like it's just unleashed. I feel great. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I mean, you put a lot on the table there. Uh, where do you want me to start? <laughs> Wherever you're most comfortable. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, I, I guess I guess where I'll start is uh, Monday. I was uh, I was at the library doing some research, and I was going through some. I was going through a microfilm of a popular newspaper in Chicago called the Sun-Times uh, uh, during the year of 69. And what was interesting is I found a lot of articles. Well, I, you know, I was just cruising by, and I, and I was noticing some of the articles talking about the war in Vietnam and the language that they used to describe the Vietnamese people uh, and uh, and it just brought me back to today where the language used to describe the Russians as the aggressors, as these people who have, you know, who are trying to, uh, are this big, is this big imperial nation that's going to take over Ukraine. And then next thing you know, they're going to take over all of Europe. And, you know, I found that interesting because that's the way to describe the Vietnamese people, like, uh, well, the North Vietnamese people, that they're going to, you know, take over all of Asia. And and so, I, I you know, it, it just kind of bring me, brings me back to the propaganda that people hardly notices and how we need to be more media savvy on how we read these headlines and articles. Because I think many times we kind of, uh, eat this stuff up and and don't have any kind of analysis, any perspective, uh, or even just saying, hey, I got this information, let me look into it and see if this is true. And so, uh, and then many times, you know, most of us already know that the media is not telling us the complete truth and we completely ignore it, which is also a mistake as well. We need to look at these reports, but we need to study it as well because I think they're trying to shape a narrative uh, in our collective minds to say, hey, we need to support this war that's going on. I mean, we've dumped, this country has already dumped, uh, I think the estimate last time was $20 billion into the, into the Ukraine-Russia war. And we have yet to see uh, any fruition uh, we have yet to see. I mean, we we have heard of the Ukrainians winning certain fights, which is questionable at at best. But uh, it's really not going anywhere. And so 
we're spending $20 billion. This country is spending $20 billion, but yet we have homelessness over here. Uh, we have people who are losing jobs. Uh, we, and, 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 it's, it, and it's basically, it, it's insane uh, what's going on with some of the people over here. But yet we're focusing our resources across the, across the ocean uh, to a war that I don't think, you know, the Ukrainians aren't going to win. And so what, what really gets me is, is that this country and a lot of the other Western nations are using the Ukrainians to try to destabilize Russia. So um, I, think, I, think, I, think that's, I think that's something to, to really keep an eye on because this is basically a sign that the United States is losing its power in the world. And you're starting to see a, a, a huge shift in, 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 in global dominance. Uh, and it's not just, it's not just China. It, 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 it's a collection of, of, of nations. Uh, when you're talking about China, Russia, uh, India, and, and many of the Eastern nations who have aligned with the, uh, what they call the, 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 the Shanghai, well, I think it's called the Shanghai Agreement they have right now. And many of the world economies are, are, are trying to do deal, more deals with, 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 uh, with China. And you're starting to see many nations uh, like Saudi Arabia, who is aligning with this. Because the recent news of Saudi Arabia is that you know, they're, they're cutting oil production, which means our gas prices are going to go up because of the fact that they're aligning with, <laughs> they're aligning with Russia. So, you know, uh, the United States is going to try to do everything they can to uh, to to maintain their power. And what I'm afraid of, and I hope this, I hope I'm wrong on this, is that they're going to go to the point of war to keep their global dominance. Well, newsflash: they've already gone to the point of war. They just are waging war by proxy. Mm -hmm. They have other nations, you know, taking the the edge off of the United States. Um, and the United States is now crafting its image as a peacemaker, as a world-leading peacemaker. It's not interested in war in the traditional sense that we have come to understand, but it is seeing the world differently and moving in the world differently. Don't believe it, but that's what, that's what they want us all to think, that they're more oh, benevolent now. And it's about restoring human dignity, all the good things that people used to talk about. So we have to wait and see. But I'm interested, though, in how you are dealing, how you are faring in this condition that we all find ourselves in. We didn't ask for this, but we're in it. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? I, I guess. Uh, I mean, I'm 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 trying to preserve my, you know, at least the circles that I'm in uh, here in Chicago in the Chicagoland area, uh, with you know, with the uh, with the family and friends that that I have, uh, and also the acquaintances that I have, because I think at this point, what I'm seeing in society. Uh, that that I'm I'm basically trying to improve on is how we how we deal with relationships uh, with each other, and not just you know personal relationships, but also external relationships and how we react to it. Because I think that's that's it's it's going to be uh, an issue uh, that is going to show itself. Uh, well, it's already showing itself in a lot of ways, uh, but it's, it's, it's going to be a, a downfall to certain people because I feel like 
people are very reactive to certain things. And I notice the sensitivity of certain things when, when certain topics come up, it's, 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 it's like a ball of emotion that, that comes out of certain people. And I don't understand why, like, you know, of course you understand why, you know, why (laughs) you understand very well why. (laughs) And that's where we encounter each other now, and that is, what do you do with the information that you have? How do you use it? What do you intend to do with with what you have observed and experienced yourself? Where does it go? Well, I guess the information in in that respect is is basically kind of for me to... uh, you know, I, I guess for me, like I said, as I'm as I'm noticing the reactions of certain people uh, who react to certain things in a in a more in a, in a way that they shouldn't react to it. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I just I, I guess I, <laughs> I I I don't know. I don't know how to articulate that. <laughs> I, I, I don't. You I know, don't know that's a very good sign. It's a very good sign because it means it is in your head. And even in this short exchange, I can tell you are uncomfortable. Uh, You don't know quite (laughs) where to go with this, and you don't quite know where to put it. Uh, So, in other words, you're like millions and millions of people. We can't figure out exactly what we're supposed to do with what we are seeing and what we are learning. You say, and you've said quite a few times, the word certain people. You don't even want to cause trouble by saying the wrong thing. Certain people doing certain things. You're being very careful, and I appreciate it. But I wondered if you knew that I tuned into that. At the same time that you can spot a problem, you're wary. You're not committed yet to action. You're still reserving judgment. And that's good because it means you're thinking. But you see, you you can't hide it. (laughs) We were listening to you. And you're being yeah, very careful, very judicious. You don't want to offend anybody. But that comes a little further down the line. Yeah, because that's con- well, it, it concerned me with, with the certain people because it's various peoples of various circles that I see gets affected by certain things. And like, like for instance, like a, a conversation came up about the Kanye West incident. Now, for me, I really don't care. But I see the emotion that certain people have on it, and I'm like, wow. And, and, it's, and it's just like, you know, for me, I, I just don't get why people still pay attention to him. <laughs> you see? You knew. You, you have a point of view. And I happen to agree. But it takes a certain, uh, see, now you have me using the word certain. <laughs> it takes some methodical steps toward that point at which you declare for yourself what you believe and what you discard, and you move ahead. Mm-hmm. That's what you have to do. Well, I thank you for introducing a certain aspect to the program today. <laughs> Well, thank you, thank you for drawing that out of me. <laughs> yeah, it was hard work. Yeah, sure. No, you, 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 you put it out there, whether you were conscious of it or not. But this is what this is what the work now calls for us to do: to be, to examine all these little nuances that we have accommodated in place of an idea in place of an opinion. We don't want to offend. 
we don't want to attack. We don't want to do any of that. And that's, that's understandable. But the fact that you missed it is very important for you to, to understand, too. You missed that point that you were giving us the clues, big fat clues, but you ain't going beyond a certain point. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You're not going beyond a a certain point. That's right. I'm going to be haunted by that word. (laughs) Yeah. Think about it, really. It's, It's very, very good to face it. You don't have to change anything, except you should know it is there and watch out for it. Thanks, Henry, for calling and getting us started today. I appreciate the call. All right, Liz from Manhattan, you're up next. How are you? Okay, Ma, how you doing, Prince? I mean, Queen. Oh, I'm hanging in. How about you? Okay, me too, me too. Okay, I just wrote some things. <laughs> That's I just good. wrote some things that I want to say, and uh, uh, let me see. It said, uh, "Okay, uh, starting off, onward, up, up, you mighty race. We can accomplish what we will. Onward, forward, upward, march, right, hit, right, hit, right, hit, right, hit. That is number one." We have to do. Number two, we have to realize that if we don't take our money out of the banks, large sums of money, like I do in Canada, who is the premier there in Canada, and he, if he don't like what you do or say, he take your money out of your your account is is, is removed of the money, and you go, you may or may not go to jail. Okay, and and the U.S. is looking at them and saying, ah, ah, so. Uh, so, you know what I uh, so means, okay, and it's going to get pretty bad for anyone who's not part of the one percenters. They had last summer a, a black militant group who's going around showing the, uh, the people of color community how to defend themselves, okay? And uh, I'm trying to get in touch with them since last Summer, I have not, they're off the internet now, so we don't know how to get in touch with them. But we as different communities must come together and learn these strategies, okay? Because look what happened in Black, Black Wall Street, okay? Look what they do. They did have a small military group, but it was not enough for the masses that came to destroy that whole town. Burned it down, mind you, burned it down. So now they have uh, these Ukrainians coming here to do their dirty work for them, like the Hitlers, you know, that they are. Okay, so we have to be shaken off and realize what's going on. My mama said, don't be an ignorant fool who graduates from college. You know, they will come to her for spiritual advice. And she, she, she didn't finish, she didn't finish high school. But these educated doctors and lawyers who come to her for advice, and she said, don't be like them. So me thinking that going to college, you're going to be a dumb person, you know? <laughs> That's kind of a joke. Well, you know, it's a very complicated thing because we all have to recognize that we are in different places, different spaces in our evolution and in our understanding. That has historically been a problem. And it would be, you could understand that any group of people having experienced what African Americans have or any other oppressed group, you, you end up having to do a whole bunch of juggling. You have to craft an identity. You have to uh, teach people. It's, it's, it's very, very difficult work. It's not uh, impossible to do, but it is a lot of work. Because you're talking about ingrained ideas that survived over several generations. And people naturally would think that certain things, I'm picking up now Henry's word, that, that some things are valid and 
not worth questioning, not worth challenging. There are many things in our African-American community that are quite disturbing. But there is no challenge to it, really. People just kind of say, well, at least they're thinking. We have to decide, are you going to be effective, an effective member of a community? It, it, uh, it entails having to look at contradictions. And we are not well known for looking at contradictions uh, in a methodical and scientific way with an idea that we have something better to offer in its place. So it's a lot of work. I'm just saying it's a good place to start to recognize that that's the work we, that's part of the work, I should say, that we have to do. And it can't wait. It cannot wait. Uh, We have lived through so many cycles of craziness already. Uh, Many of those cycles have uh, made us as a community of people, forfeit our lives, even. And yet, we don't see the sense of urgency. I'm not saying it isn't there. It's there. But we have to work on it. Go ahead, Liz. Oh, I just want to say, you said we have to sense it. The urgency has kind of jumped over us over our heads and we still didn't get it. We still didn't get it. They, they don't need us anymore here. They don't need us anymore. We didn't, they called what? Now I understand what they call them, the ugly American. Okay? I understand now. They took the mask off and we see. This is what the Jews did in, in Germany. Oh, they're not going to do anything to us. But look, they didn't need them anymore. And those were white people too. Okay? And look what, you know, so we missed the point. We missed the message. El Haji Malik Shabazz tried to give it to us. Marcus Garvey tried to give it to us. But we we don't hear it. The time is passed. We need to get out of the United Snakes of America. The ugly American is shown. He took the mask off. It's Halloween is over now. He took the mask off. What are we going to do as a people? We got to get out of the United Snakes of America. But here's the thing. Um, I understand you have particular feelings about it. But it is not enough simply to say, well, we will now call it this, so we will now call it that. It's a comprehensive thing that has to happen. And I find, this is my own personal criticism, there's been a lot of, um, we, we have wasted a lot of time and focus and energy, because we mistake a lot of things that were, you know, kind of very, very appealing. And we have mistaken that as work in building our community, and it isn't. It just isn't. So we have to get ourselves right, it seems to me. Thank you, Liz, for your call today. Thank you. God bless, Mama. God bless. I'm sorry? I said, God bless, Mama. God bless. Thank you. God bless, too. Liz, uh, I'm not Liz, David from Brooklyn. You're on the air. Uh, This is Brother David. Oh, okay. Yes, uh, you have a big plate. You mention a lot of things, uh, but I think you need to start from the beginning. People need to start from the beginning. They have to understand who really runs the country. That's number one. You got to start from the beginning, and uh, how they run it. So. You have to understand that there's a moral class of people at the very top who 
in fact, rarely run the country, and they have a method that is designed uh, around capitalism and imperialism, and that is their mission. So before you do any analysis, you ought to get that through your head that uh, we do not have uh, so-called democracy that uh, some people pretend that we have. Because the intention of those who took the uh, colonies uh, from the British who had control when this United States started, uh, it was uh, to take the place of British, and it certainly didn't involve uh, so-called democracy. So uh, if you don't understand that, you won't know what's going on. So the mission, as I see it, around the world is in world imperialism. The United States wants to run the world and knock down any potential uh, advocates other than the United And they run the country, and they uh, run it in the interest of those people who are up in that 1%, not in the uh, interest of the masses of people who live here. So uh, it's a fraud when we mention democracy, because we don't have democracy. We have uh, a government that is controlled by those at the top, and it runs, functions basically in their interests. Well, I happen to agree with that. But is it enough that we know this and recognize it? What do we do All right, with the information uh, you just shared? The, the things that I just said, uh, uh, that's the basic. That's the first thing you have to understand, who the enemy is. And from there, you go on to different levels. For example, you mentioned local level. You do what you can uh, effectively in a local area, in your neighborhood, in the, uh, your local area where you live or work. Uh, you function at different levels at uh, different areas of government, like state government and uh, city government and whatnot. But the point is, at the top of that, you always have to keep in mind that this is a system that is designed to benefit those at the top at the expense of those that, uh, underneath them. And that's what we have here. That's why we uh, don't have the social structure to take care of our people at all levels, whether it's housing, health care, uh, schooling. I call it schooling because I don't think these schools function for real education in many cases. They function to train people. <laughs> if you're getting education, that's an empowering thing. And uh, those who rule uh, want you to be useful. That's what most of the schools are about. That's no different than when I was an officer in the military. We didn't educate people, we trained them. So I think the same thing is going on <laughs> with most of the people. They're trained to go along with a system that is designed to benefit the small fraction of that 1% that run most things in this country. Do you think that that would change anytime soon? And what might what? What might well, encourage such a change? That's, that's a good question. The point is, those who rule don't just give up. <laughs> they, uh, if there's uh, one thing they're uh, looking for to avoid is any kind of rebellion. So occasionally they will throw some things out, which, you know, I call bones, 
to get people in line. And that happened during the Great Depression and uh, at other times in history. When it comes time uh, to take those things back, they see opportunity, and they, they start taking those things back. And they did that in the, the 70s and 80s. So the point is uh, they know how to play the people. And that's a small group, of, you know, a, a very tiny group of people, uh, but they're really smart, and they know how to manipulate the people. And the major way you manipulate people, uh, you divide them up. And there's masses of that. You know, you use racism, uh, sexism, you use uh, uh, ethnicity. You, <clears throat> you cut them up any way you can, and that's the way you can play people. So you get the attention away from the culprits, those at the very top, and you put it on uh, all the people around and have them, uh, you know, contending against each other. But you got to remember one thing, like in the Congress, you got 535 people. Uh, you probably can count on one hand and have some fingers left over, uh, those people that uh, are completely honest. I, I doubt it so much because uh, Congress is uh, controlled by those in that 5%. Uh, you have a thing called campaign contributions and a whole lot of other benefits for their uh, family, friends, and relatives. <laughs> so... You think they are responding to the needs of the masses of people? You know, the saying, you can't have two masters. So as I see it, most of the Congress people, I believe, uh, have the masses that give them those contributions and uh, uh, all the things they get as benefits, not uh, uh, representing fully the masses of people live in the country. So uh, the job of the masses of people is to understand this game that's going on of imperialism, trying to run the world, involving in hundreds of, of, uh, of uh, countries, and uh, doing that to control uh, internationally and having the people contend against each other so they can get their attention away from themselves and put it on the people, you know, uh, misbehaving in the subway or immigrants or Mexicans or black people and so forth. So uh, what I'm saying is the best people can do is learn the game, what the game is about and how it's going and being played against them. Is there any way at all, and from your point of view, is there any way to win this game? Um, um, it, it, uh, oh, boy, this is a hard one. <laughs> Look, <laughs> uh, the people who are playing the game are the people. The, the the ruling class, the uh, uh, or the elite, that's in that five percent. They know that they're not going to just give up. So uh, the people, I'm not advocating on rebellion, but they're going to have a demonstrate enough to uh, get their attention of those in the ruling class to let the pressure up. So that, to me, is a, a, a doable type of thing where you uh, have to uh, be, make it so uncomfortable for those who rule that they will let up and, and start doing things that uh, would benefit the masses of people. And remember, uh, you can't serve two masters. So those people in Congress, uh, you got to really think, are they representing you or are they representing the ruling elite? Uh, 
who will give them those donations. So I think it's the ones that uh, understand that. And so we'd like to have it the other way. But some people would say the only way to change it is uh, some kind of rebellion. But the point is that uh, the elite in that 5%, in that 1%, rather, uh, like to make fools out of people. That's what they do. That's their, that's their uh, uh, master way of controlling people, have them fighting against each other and getting the attention away from them. And they are just masters at that. They're, they're brilliant at that. They do that every day. And the, uh, the other thing is that people have to understand that the masses of people, that's a majority, don't have any political party. There's none. The Republican and Democrat uh, represent basically the same people, those who rule. So where the people's parties that represent them? I don't know of any that are viable. So people have to take that into consideration. Well, thank you, Brother David, for calling in. And I'm glad to hear your voice. Very much so. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, that brings us to the end of our program today, but not to the end of our discussion. And the discussion continues tomorrow. And we're getting somewhere. I could feel it. We're getting somewhere in making making ourselves think, even outside the box for many of us. But it's, it's a good exercise. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for calling. And I am... I am beyond happy to be with you once again. We'll see each other tomorrow. Bye-bye.